Welcome to another edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John. So thankful and appreciative that you've chosen to download us another time here this week. And if it's your first, I guess, foray into this Rich Eisen Podcast world, you have chosen a doozy and a quality podcast to get yourself acclimated to what we do here on NFL.com and also available on iTunes every single week. Philip Rivers, the quarterback of the resurgent San Diego Chargers, will join us on the program. Now four and five after two straight wins. The Chargers are back in the AFC West mix, just a game and a half behind the Kansas City Chiefs, who uh, lost to the Oakland Raiders this week. The AFC West now up for grabs a three-team race. We'll talk about that with Philip Rivers, a, an MVP candidate as, as there has ever been one here in the NFL. Also, a, a fellow native Alabaman will join us on the program. Charles Barkley, Chuck of TNT, one of the 50 greatest players in the history of the NBA, a huge NFL fan, as you also know, no wallflower. He'll give a lot of his opinions on what he thinks is right and wrong in the NFL today. He will join us on this podcast that will culminate with a chat with the sports guy himself, Bill Simmons of ESPN.com, also his own podcast on iTunes. Bill, uh, a friend of mine who I've known for quite some time, he will give his unique take on the NFL today. And as always with Bill, you never know where that conversation is going to go. Uh, that will all go down on this jam-packed edition of the Rich Eisen podcast that's about to break ground. Because uh, when uh, when Philip Rivers joins me, we're going to do it live on TV as well, just for a little part of it. Because, you know, on TV we can't have these long format conversations. But uh, we're going to simulcast for the first time. So if it sounds a little different, it's because we're sharing. We're sharing here. So let's start talking to people. As the Chargers move to within a game and a half of the AFC West leading Kansas City Chiefs. And of course, the big story with the Chargers continues to be Phillip Rivers, who's racking up passing yards at a record pace. And with the Chargers on a bye this week, Rivers has taken time today to join the Rich Eisen Podcast. Thanks very much. We're here live on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's with an MVP candidate of the first order from the San Diego Chargers, now four and five. Joining us here on the podcast, Philip Rivers. Philip, thanks for joining. Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me. You bet. Now, Philip, this is a first here for NFL Media. You're on my podcast on NFL.com, but also live on Around the League on NFL Network. I think you can handle this, though. Can you handle this? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, actually the TV I got on in the office I'm sitting in. I can I can see you right now. So. Can you see me? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm casually dressed. Yeah, uh, no, you're look, looking good. Thank you. Uh, this is the way I roll on my podcast, but I did shave just for you. I did shave just for you here today. Good deal. I figured again. I figured you could you could handle this. Uh, and uh, the thought that you are an MVP candidate of the first note. Do you think you're not getting nearly enough discussion in that respect? Well, you know, to be honest, Rich, I try to not pay any attention to it. I, I'm uh, more concerned with us trying to win some more ball games. You know, we we got off obviously to a disappointing start. Uh, we've we fought our way. Uh, back to win two games in a row before the bye to at least uh, give ourselves a chance going into this, uh, you know, second half or last seven games to to have a chance here in the uh, AFC West. Why do you think this is something that you seem to deal with every year, the slow start in San Diego? Why, why do you think that is, Philip? I don't know. I w- you know, I think if it was something we could uh, – 
easily uh, take care of, we would have already done it by now. But you know, we've we've like every team has to. But we've dealt with uh, a bunch of different things here. I mean, we've played more guys than anybody in the league, and obviously the turnovers uh, have killed us offensively. We've uh, you know statistically we've we've moved the ball and and, and piled up yards uh, uh, every week, uh, but we've turned the football over. Obviously, we've had some some issues uh, special teams wise, giving up some points. And uh, if we can get those things straightened out, we've been better the last few weeks, and that's why we've won. But if we can uh, really eliminate those, uh, we can uh, you know we can compete uh, with anybody every week. Do you think this team needs to have its back against the wall to play its best football in just some sort of psychologically bizarre way that it works better for you guys to have your backs against the wall? Well, uh, it, it looks that way. I mean, because <laughs> it does, actually. every every time we get put in these situations, we seem to uh, bow our neck and you know and fight fight back. I mean, the 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 year we were four and eight, you know, we played playoff football for the whole last month, you know, and, and clawed our way back into it. Uh, you know, this year, uh, hopefully, we've turned it around <laughs> sooner than that because uh, I think uh, the way this thing's shaking up with with Oakland and Kansas City uh, playing the way they are, um, you know, we, we got Denver as our next game in two weeks. Um, you, you know, you, you can't, you can't, uh, we can't wait around this year. We know uh, how important and uh, the urgency's got to be right now. Now, uh, I'm going to take away one of your answers before I give this question. I, this is the way I roll on my podcast. If I was just doing around the league, I wouldn't do this to you. But this is my podcast, Philip. So you can't give me this. is It's out of my control, even though you may want to answer this thing in that respect. No Vincent Jackson, no Marcus McNeil as you're struggling. And also, when they both come back in the fold, you still can't get them back on the field with you because the front office put them on some sort of exempt list, roster exempt list that fans can't even understand. How frustrating is that for you? That, that this is what's going on and you're trying your best to keep this team afloat. Well, no, no, what answer can you I give? You cannot give me. It's out of your control. You can't do it. Do well, you really I, want to do it? Uh, no, I, you know, certainly uh, when the guys get in here and you see them and you're out there practicing with them, you want to go, man, can't you suit up this week? Right. Uh, but, you know, in, in, in a weird way, uh, seriously, in a weird way, I think the three weeks uh, without them being able to play, it does give, give them a, a little bit of a mini training camp uh, mm-hmm. to get ready and uh, kind of get dialed in, uh, both from a condition conditioning standpoint, fundamentals, all that stuff, get dialed in, and then obviously uh, catch up to speed with what we've done, uh, you know, game plan, playbook-wise. And uh, so in a weird way, I think it almost makes them more ready when they do take the field after that three-week three week break. And Vincent Jackson, how is his uh, mental approach here? Is he is he scarred by the experience? Is he is he is he motivated by showing uh, the man what, what they've been missing? What, what, is, what is his mental preparation as he gets set to return to the field? I tell you, I've really tried to, uh, you know, not even bring that up with him. Just, just. Treat him as if you know uh, he's been here with us all along. Uh, he, but I can tell you this: he looks he looks really good, and, and uh, he's uh, he's always been a pro um, with the way he's approached the game, the way he studied, the way he's practiced, and uh, he's been every bit of that here the last two weeks. And uh, we'll be looking forward to, to seeing him uh, when we go to Indy here uh, in a few. This is Philip Rivers joining me on the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's, that you can download on iTunes and also on NFL.com. We're going to continue our conversation there but throw it back to around the league which is also presented by the good people of papa john's it's just for, forget the tv audience now now it's just me and you and the rest of the internet audience gotcha okay so <laughs> uh so so you're not even bringing up with vincent jackson this whole experience 
uh, at all. You, no, I mean, he and I talked, you know, or in the summer. Um, we traded some text messages throughout the early part of the season, just kind of keeping in touch, mostly trying to keep it <laughs> keep it uh, kind of lighthearted and, you know, hoping for the best. Obviously, uh, I know he missed being here with us. We certainly certainly would have loved to have him. But uh, I think, it, it, you know, rehashing it out or, or maybe what his, what his uh, plans were and why he did this and that or why, I mean, it, it doesn't help us now. I mean, it, it, what he can do is, is – uh, help this team uh, win, uh, you know, the last six weeks of the season and, and hopefully beyond that. And obviously for himself, I, I know he wants to wants to play well and, and further uh, his his great career that, that he got that he's got going. Do you think this team misses LT at all? You know, I um, when you when you've had a guy like LT for so long. Uh, Certainly, there are things you miss about him. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we've 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 had uh, LT among other guys that we've lost in the past few years uh, that you do miss, and you you don't you don't necessarily know it until you don't don't have those guys. But uh, I thought the transition uh, with the guys we, we knew the guys we weren't going to have very early in this off season, uh, both whether it's free agency or whether we released them or whether obviously with the the free agent tenders with Vincent and these guys we kind of knew, you know, when it got to that June. 15th or whatever day we kind of knew what was going to uh, take place so um, I think that gave us uh, plenty of time to uh, make the transition, see who this team was going to be, what our personality was going to be, and 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 who we were going to be as we headed into training camp. And uh, I thought it was a pretty smooth transition. Antonio Gates strikes me as the the guy who presents the most matchup problems of any offensive player in the National Football League. What can you tell us and the fans who just don't what 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 we don't know about well, Antonio Gates? Yeah, well, I you know, and and maybe you you can uh get a feel for this just by watching him, but he's probably the most competitive guy I've ever been around. He uh he hates to lose. He he competes no matter what he's doing. It, we uh you, we can bring up any topic and me and him are going to argue it like it's the you know, one of us is going to win a championship if we if whoever convinces the other one, right? I mean, he competes whatever he does and uh I think that along with obviously his his athletic ability is unbelievable, but he could have been content three years ago. Three years ago, to me, he was he was he was the best tight end in the game, and he could have stayed on and played the way he was playing for you know however long and, and been one of the best in the game. But he really took it to another level mentally. I mean, the way he uh, understands coverages now, what teams try to do to him, how his technique can allow him to win uh, on every route, how he tries to make every route look the same. I mean, when you when you're already can get open just physically, athletically, you can you can beat people, and then you throw that element in there uh he's he's he like you said he's he's probably the biggest matchup problem in the league philip the so much has been made of the the halftime speech that norv gave a couple of weeks ago where he got emotional and that that may be a turning point that people will look back weeks from now as to when the san diego chargers season turned would you agree with that assessment well, I think there's there's, there's uh, often when you look back, uh, as we hope to keep keep this thing rolling, you often look back and there's, there'll be some there'll be different moments and times that that you look to to go, man, that was a that was a turning point, and um, that certainly could be one of them. I mean, I think I think Norv's probably as misunderstood um, uh, around the league on the outside as anybody from a you know uh, he's he's as passionate and, and as uh, uh, you know. 
the way he goes about this this game and coaching this team is about as passionate and as enthused as you can be, and everybody seems to think otherwise. And uh, you know, um, he's he's given many uh, halftime talks and pregame and and during the week talks that are that are dead on accurate and are exactly what this team needs. So that's not like that's the first one we've had in four years, but uh, it's certainly the timing of it and the passion, and it was such a heartfelt. And we were kind of we were kind of it was kind of the point for us, you know, halftime of that Tennessee game, you know, where's this thing going to go? I mean, is this, if we don't get this thing turned around, it's two and six and, and looking worse and worse. And uh, we were able to right the ship at least that week and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, come away with a win. And then, and then I add one onto it last week. So uh, it's been a good two weeks. Yeah, he, he needs to throw a headset. I think just to get himself out of that that uh, that that PR thing that he seems to be a little bit soft, like a maybe throw a headset or or, or <laughs> well, visor or dump a Gatorade. Or well, something see, I like think that. I, I think that's the best thing is he's not really worried about it, and no, uh, he's got he's got to call the next play. If he throws that headset, I'll be out there <laughs> scrambling for what. what yeah, I'm you'll put call your next. you'll put your hands on the ear holes and go. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, you need to play. You got to throw it to a, or just throw it to a Jiratutu. You know, yeah, just uh, throw it. Throw it at any of a bunch of these guys. That I've got two more questions for you, and that's the first one: is with all these guys who seem that it's like your receivers. You need name tags with these guys this year. How do you keep your level of play so high that we've seen so far with guys that you hardly have ever thrown to before? How do you do that, Philip? Well, I think uh, first off, I mean these guys, uh, these guys are players, and uh, you know, obviously, Randy McMichael's been a starting tight end in this league. Um, Azir Tutu hasn't, and it's and he's played in three games, but it's not too big for him. And uh, other guys, Pat Creighton, he's played, he's in his seventh year, he's played at a high level in Dallas, and, and since he's been with us, so we do have guys that uh, have played at a high level before, but I, I, we just hadn't been on the field together very long. So mm-hmm. I think to answer your question, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing I can point to is. The last three weeks, Malcolm, Legadu, obviously, we've, uh, we've missed them for, um, you know, three or four weeks. And then Gates hasn't been able to practice, even though he played up until last week. So I've been practicing and getting valuable reps with all these guys. So when you're able to practice and put week after week together on the practice field, it gives you confidence to go out there and just let it rip and uh, trust those guys, and they certainly came through. Last question. How many kids do you have? Five. You've got five kids. And you seem to me, every time I meet you, a very mild-mannered guy. When you put the helmet on, it seems a little bit different, Philip. It seems there's a little bit of the, uh, you know, a little bit of the red ass, if I may say so. That you, you're, you seem, you seem like you're fired up. Where does that, where does that come from? Well, I mean, you know, in in many ways I'm laid back, but uh, I, I, in a lot of ways, that same passion and fire and. Uh, Enthusiasm. I don't know. I don't know some other words you can use to describe it, but it's. Uh, I have that same passion as a dad and a husband, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just. Uh, it's all. Um, it's all in fun. I mean, I just love to play the game. I love uh, competing, and I hate to lose. And you throw all that together, and and whatever that, however that turns out to mm-hmm. be described. I mean, it's all in one, and uh, I just love to play and love to compete, and I play like I played in North Alabama. Uh, when I was eight years old, nine years old, ten years old in the backyard, um, you know, I'd argue and get fired up and 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 uh, about what was out of bounds and know that light pole was in. And he caught it. I mean, I, you know, I mean, that's just the way. That's just the way I do. The way I play. And I, right. 
you know, we may be out there in front of a hundred thousand in, in the in the biggest in the highest level of competition, but I still that's the way I can play best, and I feel that's the best way I can lead uh, lead these guys. And you're just as passionate in parenting, is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly different. It's certainly yeah, it's, different. Now no, I'm not saying that you're going to treat one of your kids if they do something <laughs> wrong. You scream at them like Jay Cutler across the field, Philip. I'm not suggesting that. No, no, no but it's certainly different. You know, putting uh, putting the you know the Polly Pockets and the uh, American Dolls. You know, it can't it can't quite be. <laughs> Be as fiery doing that, but it's certainly uh, certainly a lot of fun. Well, enjoy your bye week with your family. I know you take that very seriously. We we try to have you on earlier this year, but we we came at you on one of your off days, and I know you don't normally do this sort of stuff. So we appreciate you taking the time, Philip. No, it was great, Rich. Thanks. You got it. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, we got Barkley on this show today too. So we got a lot of Alabama on the podcast yeah, today. Yeah. All right. We're Sounds getting, good. We're getting it done. Thank you, Philip. We appreciate it. That's Philip Rivers of the San Diego Chargers joining us here on the podcast. Let's move on now to some hot topics around the National Football League with the Worm, a regular here on the podcast. Good to see you, senior producer Jason Wormser. Thank you, Rich. You bet. Kara Henderson returns to the podcast as well. Kara, do you want to apologize to the Brits who have blew me up on Twitter saying, what is she saying that we don't know about American football? You sort of said that the last time you were here. I was just, this was nearly anecdotally, I was walking the streets and we gave about 20 people a chance to Two years ago, two years ago. This was last year. Last year? This was last year. When when you were there covering the Wembley game for the network. And Patriots game, what a game that was. And you gave 20 random people on the streets of London. A chance to show us their... Football knowledge. Football knowledge. And what would you grade them? Would you grade them? C-minus. Okay. Oh well, uh, all I know is is people blew blew me up on Twitter, and they also this past week wanted what did they request? People from over they want a UK, UK? podcast. They want a UK podcast. They want a ca- podcast just for the UK. But you but also I thought you said they wanted Nigel back on the. They do want Nigel Speckle back. They do <laughs> because he's great. Is he busy though? I mean, he might be busy but, with no, other things. No, Nigel no. Nigel finds he's available. Well, Nigel's kind of a freelancer. So he kind of does his own little thing. And you're the only one who can contact yes, Michael that is, that is for this correct. podcast. Yes, that is correct. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, he's somewhere. You know where he's like in, he's like in Bosnia? Mm-hmm. He's, he's covering, oh, he's in Bosnia? Yeah. He's wow. Just, yeah. So he's an intrepid sort. Yes. Oh. He gets out. Nigel Spackle gets out. Yes. This just in. Nigel Spackle gets out. That sounds like a show. That does. It also sounds like something that you could find on Deadspin as well. Yes. That would be a problem. <laughs> Nigel Spackle gets out. <laughs> hey, no. Uh, so uh, last week uh, in this spot, Cara, um, Bardia Shireas, um, senior producer here at NFL Network, was sitting in your chair, and I told him that I told uh, everybody in, in uh, a producing role here at the network, I would not talk Dallas Cowboys football for the rest of the year. How's that going for except, you? Except, there are two exceptions. One is it when, if they somehow magically become within two games under 500 again. That's correct. Or they fire their coach. So I'm free to discuss them. I am free to discuss them now. So it's out in the open. This, and this is the last time I'm talking about the, co- the Cowboys. Because they're dead last in the NFC. Uh, the, right? Yes, that is correct. They're currently, they, they, would are, currently they, be, they, they would be currently two on the clock, right? They would be if there was a draft on today. the clock. Yeah, yes. The Bills correct. would be on the yes. clock, and then once they chose. Yeah, Carolina's that just is ahead amazing. of them. Two on the clock. Dude, be, the Cowboys would be two on the clock right now. So, but that said, uh, they finally jettisoned Wade Phillips. Uh, what do you think Jason Garrett needs to do? Jason Wormser. What do you think he needs to do? He should fire 21. That's the first thing he should Jenkins, have done. Jenkins, right? Yes. Fire him. Uh, I, I think the same. You're nodding your head, too, Karen Anderson. Well, well, yeah, we saw it a couple weeks ago. I mean, he was, there were some. some Serious issues. 
at the game. Yeah, with the, with the way he was playing. It was uh, he just it, last week Collinsworth said it perfectly when they showed him passing up a hit again. Said he might as well just spit in the face of Wade Phillips. Just spit in his face. Yeah. So you would fire him. You I, wouldn't. You wouldn't give. You wouldn't give Jenkins nope. the opportunity. You wouldn't take him in and say you do it again. You're out, or you you bench him. Jason, Gar Jason Garrett said we need to change the culture. We need to change. Your, it's the attitude of the coach. Hopefully permeates the team. I don't know if the owner would just let him cut him. Bam, cut him. Bam. Make Pull a Brad Childress. I'm sorry. Pull a Brad Childress and not tell. And just not tell Jerry. How would that go over? That'd be, that would no? be no. well. Not Jerry was Jerry's the GM. There's There'd be an issue with the long with his, to difference. use to use Jerry's terminology. There would be a problem, I believe, with his long-term viability. Yes, <laughs> if he did something like that. But I think benching him would be uh, uh, quite a, a move to first do. First step, and I think it's putting out like like you see certain players like Des Bryant, who no matter how bad things are getting, they're still playing with 100. percent You've got those young time. guys who can really spark this team and put them out there. I think they'll put, put them out there Sunday. I mean, Giants are. It's a tough game Sunday. It really is. For the G-Men. Absolutely. Because they've got the fresh page turn that they figured just, that they've bottomed out. They can't do any exactly. worse. The coach is They're fired. Play free. They're, They're play playing free. with house money, to use a I think so. I think they'll put, there's going to be some funny, funny, duddy plays in there and some wackiness. And the Giants... You know, they have offensive line problems now with the injuries. Deals out. Right. Uh, they're going to have to play. Andrew's left. So tackle. here's the question you saw, for you. you. Saw, is this down but, defense set the tone then moving forward? Is the offense The defense the should set the tone. They have right. to. They and they had been Don't you awful. Think? They have to. Because, they have been awful. Because Tony year. Romo had nothing to do with those three, what, 80-yard drives that, they, that the Packers tossed on them on Sunday night? They've given up 130-something points the last year. Well, Kitna gave away a couple, too. So isn't that interesting? The defense needs to come out and set the tone. Now you have an offensive coordinator as head coach, mm -hmm. new defensive coordinator. How is that all going to happen this week? That's I don't a, know. Well, Pas right? Pasqualoni, the former Syracuse coach, yes. is now rising from well, the he's, he's a par he's a Parcells guy. Right. He was in Miami, right? Mm -hmm. Until last year? He was in D.C., yeah. Miami. Hmm. Yeah. So enough Cowboys. But, tired you, of but you think the G-men are uh, this is a trap game it for them? Be, I mean, they, they, that was by the way. You, ever, you were sitting in a rocking chair. They calling have, the Cowboys a trap. They game. had. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Hey, they're they're two on the clock right now. But do you know this is the same as 2000s? There's so many eerie things compared to 2007. In week in the, in the in the ninth game, mm. they play the Cowboys in 2007. Uh, they got whipped that game, right? Then Romo, then Romo, Romo they, took, the Giants, the Giants the never got close enough to them. They had right. it, it was always a one possession game or whatever. They just they right. just T.O. went wild that game. Mm. But the same record. Mm. They've scored 16 more points. They've, they've given up the same exact amount of points. Or 159. The Giants. Yep. Uh, the sacks are about the same. Giveaway, takeaway, about the same. From 2007. They have more yards. I love when Worm comes with homework. More yards allowed. I uh, love it. Yards allowed, less. I love it. Uh, rushing yards, more. Uh, passing yards, more. I'll tell you, I mean, this past week, was huge. I'll tell you what, this past week for the Giants, huge for Brandon Jacobs. Huge I know. game. for He looked like he was mixing it up with the guys. He looks like he, he, he I mean, he was running in garbage time, to use the, the Marv phrase. But he was, he was, he was motivated. He was knocking people over. He looked like the Brandon Jacobs of 07. And and I think that that was a big game for Brandon Jacobs moving forward. He's back in the fold as yeah. opposed to the helmet throwing guy from uh, it, from week two. It's they, flipped. They it's have a great opportunity. There, there's no doubt. They have an amazing opportunity here to do damage to win that. Oh, the, the helmet flipped. The helmet slipped. It just slipped it's out slipped. of his hand. Right. They had a great chance. They have a great chance. It's all, the windows there. But we've seen them at six and two many times under Tom Coughlin. Mm. Many times.
Many. I, I think it's. You're not punching any a, tickets right now. He's, he's, he's been a six, be no six or seven punch. seasons, right? They haven't played the Eagles yet either. No, uh, that's next week. They haven't played the Eagles Sunday yet. Sunday night. And they can't beat the Eagles. They don't know how to beat the Eagles. So the Giants play the Cowboys, and the Redskins come back from their bye week, 15 days removed from the benching of McNabb to take on the Eagles. That's a Has big Has anyone win. figured that out yet? Nobody. Uh, it but, is the but, most perplexing thing in a very perplexing season. And and how me. many and how many people are are, are chatty Cathy's with the ESPN analysts? That uh, every, every every day it seems Mort's talking about the Shanahan's think this, the Shanahan's think that, that he may not be the quarterback, that he, you know, uh, uh, Tim Hasselbeck was the one talking you know about who's gonna be the talking about about tempo and practice. You know, you know who the quarterback's going to be? Are you going year? Michael Vick? No, no. Okay. No, no. In Washington. You mean the, you're about next to reveal? Year. You're about to reveal. The 2011 starting quarterback for the Shanahan's in Washington D.C. Jason Worms, you have the stage here. Jay Cutler. They're going to make a deal for Jay Cutler because wow. Shanahan's the only cat who can get it out of that guy, and and Cutler will say, "I'm out of here because I might get killed," you know, with my offensive coordinator putting me in that situation. So, so, so how Could does be. that? So, so connect the dots. How does it happen? Bus Cook starts talking in the press. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, bus, yeah. bus. Some balloons go up in the air. So about what? About Cutler's not happy. Not happy. No, not happy. It's and, gonna, the, and the Bears, you think, will be ready to cut bait after just two years? I mean, he was the king of Michigan. Well, well if they don't, I, if the Bears don't want to make the playoffs this year, which is a possibility, right? Lovey's gone. So Lovey's gone. There'll be a whole. But new then Marts will be out, and then maybe there'll somebody be a whole new administration that might be very Cutler friendly. I'm just saying. That's a great prediction. I like that one. You like that one? Yeah, what do you think? Why don't, why don't we go Michael Vick and just make it a, you know, they, they Ooh, take the Eagles quarterback nice. again. Well, well, Vick is a, he's free Vick's agent. a free agent. Free agent. Right? So He's going to make a lot of money, man. Let's just throw that out there. He has no interceptions. Where does he go? Where does he go? That is going to be the question. Take, so they take every Eagles quarterback every year. It becomes a right of, of Easter. Yes. Is that the Philadelphia Roman Gabriel Eagles? will be a... Will no, be no, the, just like, so whoever the Redskins quarterback, they'll take Rex Grossman will be the starting... Uh, it'll be it'll be Cobb. Yes. Cobb will be the starting quarterback in, mm-hmm. in 2012. And then the, the Redskins starting quarterback in 2013, <laughs> Mike Kafka. Yes. Everybody. Yes. I like that, Kara. I think you're on to something here. Yes. I don't think I'm on to anything. I just think that's interesting. <laughs> to think about it will be the story we're all like where does he go where does he go uh, i love it you guys we're gonna have to we're gonna we're doing something new with this segment what we're, we're gonna split breaking it, up. it up we're gonna split it up we're gonna have a halftime split half it up. Time. well halftime will be the halftime entertainment will then be charles barkley well wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty good, good entertainment. yeah that's, that's good. good what do you think yeah oh, you think he wants to talk about football i and, think he's oh he and, loves football not uh and, and other things and the way that he and, and the way he watches the prism through which he watches the game usual prism it's a prison that's that's watched by many around the country. Do you think so? Yes. Uh, I don't know. We might go over that topic, or maybe <laughs> duck no, under it. No, you're gonna. You better, <laughs> by the way, you better have, to have a big helmet on because there's gonna be things flying. No, down I think Charles ducking. Charles has passion for the game. Yes. That we're gonna we're gonna mine that passion, and you know he's a big Auburn guy. There's something going on with the Auburn oh, quarterback. Oh, right the whole. You know what? I'm gonna ask him about that. That is what his thoughts. Nonsense. Are. Well, that's SEC nonsense. That is a completely we different. We will animal. see what he's got to say about that, and then uh, you guys will kind return uh, before the Bill Simmons segment. We'll see how wow, it goes. What a show. We'll see how it goes. Philip Rivers already been Would on. It's ca- like, he's already be been a- on. He's already been on. Simulcast around the league live. It was wow. A, it was a first for this podcast that we would Pod- simulcast on television. It's a, it's a sodcast. It's a, a sodcast. It's a that may, no, that would be George. Simulpod. 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 See, Kara thinks up. Kara, Kara thinks up all these things. The Simulpod, because the Sodcast would be like George Toma would be the guest. Or a Podcast. A Podcast. 
Podcast sounds perfect for Nigel, Nigel Spatz. Yes. <laughs> Hello, it's the it's the podcast. I'm like, what is that again? Wait a minute. All of a sudden, I thought he was in Bosnia. Where did he come Hello. from? <laughs> We're coming to you live, exclusively live, Bosnia Herzegovina, <laughs> fabulous country. Oh, God. Has its freedom. You're blowing out the sound room, I think. All right, Sorry. so we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. <laughs> Charles Barkley's next on the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Palmer Jones. One play can change the game. One new channel will change Sunday afternoons forever. This season... Watch the best plays as they happen, live in HD. NFL Network Red Zone. Every touchdown, every game. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We've already spoken to Chargers quarterback and MVP candidate Philip Rivers and Bill Simmons of ESPN and ESPN.com waiting in the wings. But right now, one of the... One of the best people I've met in the 15 years I've been in this business. I love this man, and it's a thrill to have him here on the podcast talking NFL. He's one of the 50th, uh, 50 greatest players in the history of the National Basketball Association and an award-winning analyst on one of the best studio shows in the business inside the NBA on TNT, none other than Charles Barkley. Charles, how are you? I'm good, man. Hey, tell Philip Rivers I apologize them idiots in Alabama uh, Alabama and Auburn didn't think he could play quarterback in the. In, in, uh, they all in passed. They passed up on him, huh? Because that's where he's from. That state, right? State of Alabama. And, and listen, listen. If you go back, trying to think about a quarterback right on top of my head, he would have probably been the best quarterback at Alabama or Auburn in the last twenty-five years, realistically. I mean, he had an incredible career at NC State. He started fifty games. It was ridiculous. What about, what about in the NFL? The guy is arguably one of the two or three best quarterbacks. He's clearly an MVP candidate. But listen, if you can be an MVP candidate in the NFL, you can clearly play college football in Alabama. <laughs> I'm sure. What's up with Cam Newton while we're on the subject right now? What's you, you know, uh, you know, I, I feel bad. Uh, you know, because people can say anything. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're, they're clearly are trying to make Auburn look bad and attack this kid. You know, first of all, you know what bothered me about the whole thing? It happened two years ago. Right. And clearly now everybody's mad and he's doing well. They didn't say it. First of all, we don't know if it's true or not, but they didn't say anything. Listen, because he's been to junior college, he's been at Auburn, so they didn't say anything three years ago. Now all of a sudden he's the front runner for the Heisman. Uh, you know, everybody's coming out to woodwork. I think it's just really, really unfortunate, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you go back and forth on it, because obviously, you know, if 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 what is being alleged is true, it's something he shouldn't have done. But secondly, if it is two years ago, and what he's done right now, and he hasn't done anything since he's been at Auburn, and no one brought it up, so I, I don't know yeah, where, where to stand is, on this. It thing. has nothing to do with Auburn, because, uh, you know, it just says Mississippi State. And then you've had a couple, one of the reasons, Rich, I have great, disrespect for the media not all of them because a lot of them are good guys thank you but you got some guys who are saying they're not going to vote for him for the heisman that's and, nuts uh, they don't have like you somebody said the best you're guilty till you're proven innocent right now mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate you know because it's not their job their job is to vote clearly he's the heisman front runner and for guys to come out and say just because of rumor and innuendo i'm not going to vote for this kid for the heisman i think that's a travesty 
So who do you think is an MVP candidate in the league this year? If you had a vote right now, we're halfway through the NFL season right now. Chase. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to give it to Phillip uh, because I, I, I've said this on my show. Mm-hmm. I, if, if, if it comes down to guys having a great year and guys having a great year on a winning team, I always give, you know, people can say I'm biased, and we are biased. I'm always give the benefit of the doubt to the guy who's on the winning team. I, I always do that. You know, I, I, whether it's fair or not, I, I have to live with that. But if it's close, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to give it to the guy who's on a winning team. So that would be first half of the season. Who'd you go with then? Brady? Manning? Who'd you go with? I might go with the the, the linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, you go with Clay uh, Matthews. Matthews. I, I might go with him. That's what if Dion I, said. That's what Prime said on uh, on game day highlights. And, uh, yeah, highlight I, I, highlight. I might have to go with him. I, I watched, I, I'm a big uh, Aaron Brooks fan. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say, you know, if, if you make me give it to an offensive guy, mm-hmm. I might give it to Peyton because uh, Peyton, man, Peyton. I think you know. Think about Rich. I actually been thinking about going trying out for the NFL since they're taking hidden out of it now. <laughs> you know, they, you know. But you, wouldn't you be the one delivering the hits, though, Charles? Oh no, no, no. no see, that's the reason I played football that one day. Mm-hmm. I, I told you so. I played football one day and they were knocking the hell out of me, so I quit. <laughs> but now. You know, Peyton can make any wide receiver or tight end look like he's Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison. He gets guys off the street and make them, like, really, really good. Mm. So I think if I came out, he could make me look like Antonio Gates or Tony Gonzalez right now. (laughs) And so now they can't hit me. I need to go out and try to play again. (laughs) So one day, you said you had one – when was this, back in high school in Alabama? back in high school. You know, I'm kind of figuring out, I think maybe the coach, first of all, you know, the reason football and boxing are my two favorite sports, Mm -hmm. I got great respect for those guys. Because I think that they put on a uniform, a football uniform, or to go in a boxing room, boxing ring, you have to have a, a, a serious mentality. You know, at least basketball and baseball, you know, I think they're all talented. But there's something special about boxing, and football. Uh, those are my two favorite sports. You can't go out there with any girl in you. You know, you can have some girl in you in football. I mean, excuse me, in basketball and baseball. But if you go in a boxing ring or you put on some pads, you have to have some serious toughness in you. Right. So the diva, but there's some, there's some divas in the NFL, though, don't you think? Well, I mean, everybody's a diva once you're successful. But listen, just to go out there, mm-hmm. it takes some courage. I mean, in the other sport, you have to have a lot of talent to play any of these professional sports. But football and boxing are the only two sports where you can get clearly now in penitentiary to concussions, rightfully so. You can get paralyzed. You can get killed in boxing. You can't do that in other sports. And that takes a special person to go out there. That's why I admire football and boxers. So which position were you trying for? He put me on the offensive line. It might have been bad coaching. <laughs> you blame the coaching staff. I think if they had to put me – see, I was getting hit every play mm-hmm. on the offensive line. I think if the coach had to put me as a linebacker, I think that I would have been more successful because I did not like that, that offensive line at all. Right. It's, yeah, that's, you know, that's the grunt yeah, work there, Charles. Oh, my God. That's what – listen, but, you know, you get hit every single play. Mm-hmm. At least a linebacker, a wide receiver, running back, a quarterback, you, you're not getting hit every play. 
But the defensive line and the offensive line are the only positions where you get hit every single time, no matter what. Right. So have, were you ever on a team that uh, the, the coach was fired midseason? Yes. What, what, which team was that? The Philadelphia 76ers, uh, uh, my, uh, one of my years there. So, so what, what, what do you think the Cowboys players are going through right now? Now that they they are one and seven, and because of it, their coach, uh, who is, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever met Wade. He's is one of the nicest guys you can ever meet. You know, and a well, nice guy from last year. Well, you know, I, I, first of all, I felt bad for Wade Phillips. Uh, because let me say, I felt bad for Wade Phillips the last three or four weeks because you know all these guys got families. You know, they got wives, they got kids, maybe grandkids. Man, it's tough to read every day that you might he had fired. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know. I thought, uh, you know, they had to do it to take him out of his misery because he <laughs> he was going to, he was going to get fired at the end of the season, no matter what. But I think that you know, seeing him, I felt bad for him after every press conference with that look on his face when you're defeated, and it's not his fault. That team's not very good. You know, uh, you know, I hate my favorite. The thing I hate about sports more than anything in the world is when teams say, we're better than our record. No, you're not. No, you're not. You, know, you hear teams say that all the time. We're better than our record. No, you're not better than your record. You are what you are. You are what you are. But you hear people say that all the time. I just sit back and start laughing. And then, uh, you know, I, I say, I've been to a bunch of boxing matches, and Emmanuel uh, Stewart told me something one time. Because, you know, I forget the fight we were talking about. It was probably like 20, 15 years ago. We had a big fight. And I was asking about this guy who was always close, always close. I was, man, if that guy can turn the corner, he's going to be a great fighter. And he looks at me and says, you ever thought maybe he's just not good enough? <laughs> and, you know, it, it was, and, that, and I thought about that, uh, you know, because you didn't think about it beforehand. Like, when, you know, when teams barely lose games all the time, they're just not good enough. You know, people think like, oh, we just need a break here and there. You notice how the good teams make their breaks? Yes. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And in the playoffs, yeah. it, 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 it's interesting, the playoffs in any sport, uh, the warts of anybody's team, the holes get exposed in the playoffs. That you because can... you're playing against good teams. So you mm-hmm. can cover them up from week to week, you know, because, uh, because you can cover them up, but also you're not playing against a really good team week in, week out. Right. But when you get in the playoffs, that's why I tell people in the NBA, you know, the best team always wins a seven-game series. Like, in, in hockey, you can have a goalie that's hot. In baseball, you can have a couple good pitchers. Right. You know, in football, you can have a great offense. The Rams won it one year on offense. The Ravens won a year with strictly Ray Lewis, who's the, one of the – man, he's, I love watching him play. But in basketball – we're the most pure sport is for, and the best team always wins a seven-game series because you can't beat a team four times on luck. You have to beat them. And I tell people, we're the only sport where the best team always wins a seven-game series. Yeah, but my issue with that, though, with the NBA, is a seven-game series takes two and a half weeks to play sometimes. I, I totally agree with you, and I think uh, the NBA has to address especially in the first round. It's insane. It's, it's ridiculous, especially you know, since come, you know I, it, it, during the playing season. I mean, during the play, there's sometimes back to backs, different time zones, and when you get to the playoffs, that's that's completely that's completely out of the realm. That's well, first of all, the, player, the players hate it too. But you know, TV, you know, TV dictates everything. That's true, and, and that's unfortunate. But the, especially the first round of the playoffs, where it really doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. that should be 
every first of all, all playoffs should be every other day until you get to the finals. Because when you get to the finals, you do the two three two thing. Right. So doing the playoffs should always be every other day. Uh, the players want it, but like I say, man, TV is so powerful. Tell me about I mean, it. That's this. I mean, the, I mean, the NFL. We're, we're we're thank God for the TV contracts in the NFL. I mean, and and and, and that's why that my network exists. You know what I mean? These people. Uh, but you know what? You guys got a great product. Yeah. Now you're gonna screw the product up if you go to 18 games. You think so? You don't like that oh, idea? Listen, these guys can barely walk when they finish playing. Uh, to, to add two games to make more money. Hey, listen, everybody's making a lot of money. Everybody in all sports is making a lot of money. To go to 18 games would be suicidal. And, you know, now they – first of all, you know what's going to be really sad? You know, in my day uh, when you were younger, mm-hmm. they used to talk about guys getting dings. You know, those dings are called concussions. Yes, they are. they only worrying about concussions now, and that's unfortunate. But all these guys who have played the last 20 years, who got dinged and came back in the game is going to be a price to pay for that, unfortunately. Because, like, you know, I, I've been watching football a long time. Like I say, I love the sport. But, you know, we all have heard, oh, guys get dinged. Those dings are called concussions. But, so, but you know, you won't know until 10, 15 years from now how bad the problem is. Uh, in the uh, in the NFL, until uh, these guys have been retired for a long time. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said to me this year, "How come there are more concussions this year than ever before?" And I'm like, "Well, there aren't more concussions this year than ever before. It's just being called what it is for the first time, maybe in a long time, if if ever." It is what it is. I mean, and, and the thing that drives me crazy is the slight concussion because there's no such thing. Either the the either your brain slammed up a an inside your skull or it didn't. You know what I mean? Well, you, it's two things. Uh, the slight concussion and the slight heart attack. It's, it's only a slight concussion and a slight heart attack when it happens to other people. You know, it's easy to say that when I say, hey, listen, there's no such thing as a slight concussion. Or you hear people say he had a slight heart attack. Right, like, mild. Because it wasn't you. <laughs> it's only slight when it happens to other people. I love that. That's great. That's true. So, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year, Charles? You've seen you've seen the first half of the season. I'd love to get your 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 straight up analyst take on what you've seen so far. Who do you think has got the best chance here? Well, I think the Steelers and the AFC are probably the most complete team, uh, top to bottom. Because uh, you know, I, I do. I think top to bottom, they are the most complete team. The NFC, man, I think the NFC is really really up for grabs. You know, I really like Green Bay going into the season, but I don't think they can overcome all those injuries. Right. Uh, you know, I just don't think they can overcome those injuries. And if I had to pick somebody, you know, I really pull for Michael Vick. I, I, I really do. He, you know, he's been the hell and back. Uh, you know, they got a terrific team. Andy Reid does a really good job. Uh, but uh, if I, I was really going into the season, I was really pulling for Green Bay. But I, I just don't think they can overcome those injuries. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so right now, listen, I, you know, a feel-good story would be Michael Vick, to be honest with you, because, you know, the guy, I think it's fair to say, and I know some people might go crazy, there's no jock in the history of civilization has been lower, has been on top of the pedestal, who has been, you know, to the bottom of the pool mm-hmm. and back like Michael Vick. You know, the guy's lost $100 million. 
you know, his reputation has been ruined. I really pull for him. You think you know, he, he? You think he can can keep this up? Because I mean, it, for it, three games for with him running around, he already got he already got knocked for a loop. He he was out for three. Well, games. you know, he's playing smarter. He's getting out of bounds. That's the same <laughs> right. thing I told Cam Newton: do get on the ground. You can't run over people. I think if you watch Michael Vick now. I watched the game because I wanted to see him play against the Colts, uh, Franny and Mathis this weekend and see could he outrun those guys. Right. He ran out of bounds like three times. I was like, I'm proud of him. I mean, because think about it. He tried to run and got his ribs broke the first time. Pretty much. You got to get out, you got to get out of bounds. You know, Jim Brown is great. And nothing wrong with Franco Harris running out of bounds. You know, Jim Brown used to give him a hard time because he ran out of bounds. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong to get out of bounds, bro. I love Jim Brown. When he comes in the studio here, he's coming seven years. Uh, we've been on the air. He's coming probably about ten times, dozen times. Every time he comes in, I feel like he could still kick my ass if he chose to. But Jim well, Brown. You know, you know what? I got great admiration and respect for him. You know, mm-hmm. he, he. I got any of those guys who played. Back in the day, Deacon, have you you met Deacon, right? Oh, I met Deacon. <laughs> what is it uh, like when the two of you are in the same room? <laughs> you when Deacon. Deacon's in the room, you just have to sit back and listen to him because mm-hmm. he has such a wonderful personality. He he he's like uh, he's like Bill Russell. When you're in a room with Bill Russell, you just have to sit back and admire and listen. First of all, they tell the best stories, and that's when the game was pure. Mm-hmm. You know. It, 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 you know, like when you're playing for no money, it's pure. When it, like now, everybody's playing for a lot of money, and your know, guys are holding out. Hey, listen, those guys played it when it was like, hey, we just want to play, and you have to admire and respect that. I love Deacon. The story, you're right. The stories that he tells, it's unbelievable. I mean, and well, you, but he, but you also he, have no choice but to listen. I mean, he is uh, he's the, the loudest guy in the room. The same thing with Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. They're like E.F. Hutton. When Deacon speaks, you just have to listen. <laughs> right. And the same thing with Bill Russell. When they speak, it's really like E.F. Hutton. Right. You just have to sit back and like, okay, don't say anything. But the stories are wonderful. Right. No doubt about that. So what's your what's your before I let you go? What's your week like? What is your what? Is, I mean, because we see you Thursday nights. When do you get to Atlanta? Do you do you, Wednesday? Uh huh. You know, uh, we get to Atlanta on Wednesday and we talk about the, the games. Actually, we always look at the games on ES, uh, ESPN. They have a doubleheader on Wednesday. Right. So, really, we just talk about anything. That's, see, because the thing is, we don't see each other until Wednesday. Like, we work on Thursday and then we all disappear. So, Wednesday is just like this, anything that's happened in the NBA. You no, know, probably this week. You know, we got the uh, we got the Celtics against the Heat, so it'll be a big game. Mm-hmm. We we'll probably have to talk about the uh, Kevin Garnett since he's going to be on uh, Charlie Villanueva. Uh, oh boy! So um, let's see. That's, I don't think there's anything else happening. So that you get in on Wednesday and you chat, and, and Ernie Ernie is Ernie a, don't do anything. He lives in Atlanta. He's a Rolls so, he's a Rolls Royce. Ernie Johnson. Uh, you know what? One of the great people. You know, clearly, first of all, you know he's a nerd. Okay. <laughs> Ernie's the biggest nerd in the world, but Ernie Johnson is the nicest guy you're ever going to meet in your life. Yeah. But he, he is a nerd. I mean, we're consistent. We're consistent on that. <laughs> yeah, we are. We stipulate, sure. But it, it, just the way he 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 runs the you know I've I've had him on not this podcast but when I filled in for Dan Patrick on his radio show a couple of times I had Ernie on. We just talked about what it's like to host and how because you know obviously you are a large personality. I've got Dion on my set. 
and Dion is is similar to you in the fact that you can walk it, you you can talk it, but you walked it in a way that few people can ever do so. And uh, and then Kenny, you know, Kenny, the three of you guys have an incredible chemistry together, and 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 Ernie's a guy who helps keep it all together. I love watching it. Well, you know what? We just try to have fun. I think that sometimes some of these guys on TV think they're teachers. Dude, we, we're talking about basketball and football. Just have fun for a couple hours. That's it. You know, we're not saving the world. I tell people there's five real jobs in the world. Teacher, fireman, policeman, doctor, and somebody who's in the service. Everybody else to just chill out and enjoy life. But when people watch our show, my number one thing is, hey, man, Let's just have fun for a few hours. That's it. That's the only way I look at it. And is it true if you're on the air at 8 o'clock, you're sitting in your chair at 7.59.59, Charles? Is that a true story? 56, 57, <laughs> just to get the microphone and say hello. I don't I don't like getting there too early. Mm. Hey, let me just say one thing. I, I want yeah. to, I, You know, I said Pittsburgh earlier. Don't yeah. get the Baltimore Ravens. Don't sleep on them either. I agree Don't with sleep, you. You know, Ray Lewis is one of Ray Lewis and Troy Palomalu and, and and Harrison at Pittsburgh. Right. I I would pay to see those three guys. You know, the best thing about being rich is all the free crap you get. <laughs> but if I had to pay for a sporting event, uh-huh. if Troy Palomalu. Ray Lewis or Harrison, I'd actually pay to go see them play. Well, Thursday night in Atlanta. I know you're I busy. know. And you know what sucks? On I can't network. go to the game. But I, I guarantee you, I shouldn't say this, I'm going to be watching. Okay. But I wish I could go to the game. Because, man, I, I could watch Ray Lewis anytime. Well, he's going to be on. I wish you could go to the game, too, which means we could, I could actually get you on my set with Dion, which would definitely be a dream of mine. That oh my God! Something. That would be so much. I, you know, I've known him since he was in college, and I, I love being around him. We all do. We all do. Hey, listen, Charles. Appreciate the time. I, I'd love to dial you up later on in the season. We'll talk about your predictions again and just just chit chat. I love talking with you. I would love to, my brother. You take care of yourself. Same. Keep up the great work. Thank you. You too. That's the okay. one and only great Charles Barkley, right here on the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's. Charles Barkley, everybody. How great is he? Were genius. What else can you say? He's the best. He is the round mound of sound. Kara Henderson rejoins the podcast as well. Uh, we'll see how this works, splitting you guys up around a guest. We'll see how it li- we'll see yeah. how it sounds. But you say, wait a minute. Do you know he know you don't listen to your segments no, on I the don't. podcast, right? No, I don't. No, I do not. You, why don't you listen to your segments? Because I, I, you I, I, I understand it. You, you were here. You you lived it. Why do you need to listen but to you, it? No, you you watch. You, I don't really. You, you, you don't ever watch yourself back. I mean, how do you get really. any better if you don't watch what you look like and Just sound talk. like on the air and? Just yap. I mean, every once in a while I will, but I don't. I mean, I'm not like Larry Sanders sitting at home and watching my show from my couch. Are you sure? I'm not like Larry. On Sanders. DVD now. I'm definitely fine. Which I, which show is your show? Is that Game Day Morning or the Total Access we do I, together? They're not, my, they're not my shows. There are shows. It's the network shows that I happen to be on. Kara, that's the way I view things here. But you don't listen. You listen to the podcast. Yes. But you don't listen to your segment. I don't have to podcast. listen to my segment. That's unfortunate. You're great at it. Oh, thank you. You're very good at oh, it. Thanks. What What are your Twitter numbers up to right now? At worm underscore sixty six. Something below threes, three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. We got to get that. A lot, lot of hey, Richmond Football Club of, of Australia, Australian Rules Football your Club. Your internet. We're bringing worm to the to the globe. Worldwide. To the people. Worm. 
Uh, you were in Detroit last week Detroit for the network. Okay. Where Andamican Sue, you know, kicked the extra point or tried to. Boy, they needed that point. Let me tell you, when you're in the when you're in the press box and all of a sudden you hear Andamican Sue now on to attempt the extra point, we all kind of looked at each other like, uh -huh. did they say what they just said? I wonder what Nigel Spackle would think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, no, he's in Bosnia. I thought. From Ramag, from Bosnia, <laughs> we've on, on the on the NFL International. Oh, we've seen no. a very large defensive lineman for the Lion. Oh, it's Sue. It's, let's see. Nindamakan means house of spears in his native language. He lines it up. He takes a mighty. Oh, it's a dodgy kick. Unlucky. Oh, it's off the crossbar. Oh, they needed off that. the woodwork. They needed that point. And, they did. and Stafford's out again, man. Aye. You it looks like you could be right done for the, the year. Game. I said, do you, do you feel like you have questions about your durability? No, I've just been unlucky. Well, He's unlucky again. So we had a question on last week mm -hmm. on our show. I was on with Trent Green, Jamie mm -hmm. Dukes, and right. a question posed to them before this game was... Our, this was our show. This was our show. Okay, not, not, not your you show. A, were you on that one? I was not on that day. See, that's why, yeah, okay. No, I was on the top 100 pregame pre or whatever it was. Okay, so the question was posed to Trent and Jamie. If you had to pick between Matthew Stafford, Mark Sanchez as your quarterback, which would you pick? And both of them said Matthew Stafford. Oh, so I'm boy. in the locker room after the game, in the Jets locker room, and Mark Sanchez comes up to me and he grabs my arm and he says, you tell them they made the wrong pick. You tell them they made the wrong pick. Love and it. it was interesting to me. And for a minute, I didn't remember what he was talking about. And then he explained it to me. I was like, okay. I love that. And like then, that. so he then, when he's leaving again with his dad, his dad was there, mm -hmm. he comes up, don't forget to tell them they made the wrong pick. And you've told them through through our podcast, because I I have told them now to. through the podcast, because I'm sure those two listen. So the question, <laughs> I guess, is that, that I was wondering, is, is it good? Is it is it a good thing for like a guy I like it. to care about what is being said about him out like there? It. Or does it, is it, I like is it, it. a I'm not, thing? I'm not, I'm not one of those guys where I tune it out. I don't listen. Guys listen. Athletes listen. And we, we may not be in the media as relevant as we think we are in terms of our opinions, uh, and what 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 they mean, but I think players listen to that stuff and use it as motivation and 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 so good for are, them. Are they just well, not being genuine well, most of well, the time when they act like they well, don't? Well, yeah, that exactly. The That's what I'm saying. That right. they're not being genuine. Oh, I don't listen to the thing. I tune out. In fact, Philip Rivers even said that earlier on today when I asked him about the MVP talk. Does he wish he 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 got a little bit more respect now? asking that in the media, I'd love to get a response saying, absolutely, I should get more respect. And I think if you ask him privately, he would say that. But publicly, he doesn't want to come across as a guy who's needy and needs the attention and needs the... But we all want to be told what a great job that we're doing. Well, yeah, and that's why I told you moments ago, you do a great job here. Oh, thank you. Worm, thank on the you. podcast. You should listen to yourself the, the 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 one thing I, I got from the whole Sanchez thing is... You do a great is... job too, Kara. I'm not just leaving you. Thanks, Rich. You're welcome. The, See, you like hearing that. Like, especially when it seems so genuine <laughs> for you. At the tail end, oh, and by the way, you no, too. Actually, I tune that stuff out, Rich. I don't listen to but that. The one thing about Sanchez, <laughs> if you think about it, is like he says he doesn't have a girlfriend. Like the football and the Yeah, he said that to Mooch, but yeah. the team is his, is his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, so this so is he's a got part extra of it. time on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. You, ask, yes. you ask Maurice Jones-Drew, who will appear on this podcast in coming weeks. Uh, you ask Maurice Jones-Drew about who... He has a list in his pocket of the teams that picked him that that went uh, that didn't pick him. I in think the draft. of everyone that basically has slighted him over the course of his life. He was a second he? round pick, mm -hmm. and he's a Randy Moss. Randy Moss going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame still holds it against the Dallas Cowboys that they didn't draft him.
Yeah. I like that sort of stuff. It's it it's it's human. It's visceral, and and uh, you know you wanted you to say it uh, to Trent and and just like, hey you run tell that I just well, I just had a great though, fourth I think quarter. It's a, you know what though it is good thing for us as reporters as analysts to know that you are going to be held accountable to some that's true too to some extent well, because so, I still have to go into the locker room. So if I say something negative about someone. You can't be as flip when you know you're going to have to go and face Mark Sanchez the next time. You're going to have to face somebody. A lot of people don't. All of us in the studio want to be out of the studio, and everyone who's out of the studio wants to be in the studio. That's the way it works in this business as far as I can remember. Mm -hmm. So when I was on SportsCenter starting in 96, I started knocking on the door of, of, of the powers that be to say, hey, I'd like to be on the road. I'd like to get out there. So finally, finally, in the 1997-98 uh, NBA season, uh, I was sent to the Boston Garden uh, to cover the Celtics taking on then the juggernaut from the Western Conference, the Seattle Supersonics, with Gary Payton, yep. George Carl. Um, so they were still Sean super Kemp. back then. They, they were the super. I think they were the Supersonics back they in ninety-seven, ninety-eight. So I went to cover to do a to do a piece for NBA Tonight. You know, with the two, right. the, the two logo in there uh, for for ESPN for the Deuce. Did back you have in a leather day. jacket? No, that was just Ko. That was just Ko who wore yes. that up for Welcome to the End of Our Careers. Yes. So um, at any rate, I went there, and I'll never forget it. I was so psyched. I'm like, I am going to go in this locker. room. I'm going to do a great job. I walked in the locker room, and the first thing that hit me <laughs> when Peyton stares daggers at me, and George Carl sort of like, who the hell is this kid? You know, I was 27, 28 years old. I, I remember thinking, uh oh, what did I say on Sports Center? over the last year and a half that I might regret I think everyone right now. that is in studio should be forced to go into locker rooms because of that very reason. It's very that. easy it just, to be look, flipped I, when I you covered, don't have to look someone in the I face. I covered the Cowboys in the mid-90s for ESPN. I was their first Dallas Bureau producer. And that was right in the middle of Jarrett and Barrett and the White House and, and everything that went on. Mm -hmm. And it was Animal House there. And trust me, when, it was, when I walked in... And they said ESPN. I had to interview people separately from Mort or whoever. Mm -hmm. It was okay, but when talent starts rolling in town, mm -hmm. you know, the circus comes rolling in. It got dicey. It gets dicey because they say something. It may not be you said it. Right. Your talent. Well, that's what it, it is. What, you know, it's a very good point you because are, I said that to Mark Sanchez. Matter. I said does not matter. Just make sure you realize that it wasn't me that made a pick because I don't pick, and that's why people right. ask me to pick games. Right. I don't pick right. games. Do remember, I'm going to have to cover both of teams. Of course. Do you remember a couple years ago uh, when the it was the Arizona Pittsburgh Super Bowl? Do you remember this? Sure. Okay, we're doing oh, total yes, action. I, I I felt the brunt of this as well. Uh, we 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 bring in uh, Wizen Hunt and uh, Adrian Wilson. They fresh off the plane at the very first Super Bowl. The Arizona Cardinals are representing the NFC. The very first Super Bowl, you know, that uh, anybody ever thought they would ever make. And Wizen Hunt was in a mood. Okay, he was in a mood, and he was he was he was doing the right thing as a coach, which is drawing the us against them battle line. And the them wasn't just the Steelers; it was the entire national media. And he says to me on live on live TV, "You called us the worst playoff team in history." And I'm like, I, I, I did no such thing. I would, first of all, never do that. Even if I thought it, I would never do it. Right. And second, I, would, I, I didn't do it. I didn't actually do it. You know who said it? Collinsworth said it. On, uh, uh, on is it, uh, was it the HBO show at the time? I don't know if they were on Showtime. Yeah. Whatever, whatever show yeah. that was on Inside the NFL. Right. Collinsworth said it. That they were the worst playoff team in the history of the NFL when they, when they made the playoffs. Then they make the Super Bowl. And he, it was... As if I said it. 
I kept saying to him, well, Coach, it wasn't me. I didn't say it. You have what are you holding it against me for? <laughs> yeah, right, yes. exactly. Yeah. So I, it, it happens. It happens all the time. But it was, I, I do remember Trent and uh, and Jamie said it. And I don't think it was total access. I think it was an around the league hit that you did beforehand. Okay. But it, but it is interesting, isn't it? And, and yeah. you just have to be careful. And, and yes, it's, you do. But it's a good, I like the fact that they that they will hold us accountable when you walk like in because like then it, it does make you have pause. The, the remote, the, the guys who broadcast the game, that's a big issue too with them. With Oh, yeah, because yeah. of what's going on in the studio. Whatever's now, going it's, it's, like, now it's held on the play-by-play right, guys. It's like they're going in to meet with the players and the coaches right. and all that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're it, not talking to you because of what right. some other uh, schmohawk said back in the studio. Or who is this guy? Well, I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been in a couple of those meetings, too. It's like... I right. talk in worms language here. Yes. Schmohawk. Schmohawk. You like the schmohawk. Simulpod. Yes. That sounds like a plan. The, the, schmo, the, the simulpod schmohawk. Yes. Uh, we have time for one more topic. What topic do you want to talk about? How about the Raiders? Let's talk Raiders football. Let's talk Raiders football. They are five and four. I can't say it anymore. I can't say it. Five and four. They've won three in a row. They are no longer committed to Drek. They're just committed. They're just. (laughs) What about Michael Vick to the Raiders? Well, that would be that would that would be something, wouldn't it? I I think you know. I I think the Eagles are going to kill Donna Vick. Just to. Yeah. I don't think they're going to. Raiders. Yeah, he's playing. Think about this. They got that really bad call on the turnover. The guys moves down. They didn't have. They couldn't. They didn't have the the timeout, or they didn't have the challenge left. Yes. In other which years, ha- which, by the way, I think was the final straw for Wade on Sunday right. night when they couldn't challenge that that awful call right, right. when they were down twenty-one nothing to make right. it twenty-eight nothing because he burned it on that because ridiculous. he burned it for whatever reason he burned it to call timeout before the two-minute warning as because if, if Green Bay had taken it to the two-minute warning, I guess he wanted the football back. Yeah, so he calls timeout. So they still time before the two-minute warning. Green Bay scores a touchdown in that now allotted time. Kick the ball off. Horrible call. Yes. Turnover, touchdown. Green Sorry. Bay. Sorry, <laughs> you can't challenge it. So does this mean you and Wade won't be doing a duet of Brandy at the next Pro Bowl? Which oh, we did good. at the Pro Bowl, and that's why I love Wade. I love Wade. I He's mean, actually really fun. Wade and I have actually done a looking glass duet in front of other the, people. The, 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 the in the lobby, of, well, in the lobby of, I think, the, the Marriott, the Marriott, Marriott Harbor La- Beach. Harbor Beach in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that really? went down. There are some people who still tweet about it who are actually was, in the lobby. It was wonderful. It was, it was great. I, I sing a mean Brandy or a fine girl, but I do a Sinatra, mostly karaoke. But or anyway, I am woman. Born, where, born, wait a minute. I did do that once. I did that once in a, a moment at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Nothing's better than going up. Nothing says I'm more confident in my manhood than walking up in front of a crowd of people and singing Helen Reddy sure. karaoke. And that okay? crowd being... The Pro Bowlers the Pro of the Bowlers. NFL. Yeah. I've done that. I've been there and done that, and uh, and, and I'm proud of it. I'm Raiders. proud of it. So uh, how did we get to Helen Reddy from the Oakland well, Raiders? Think about it. Helen Reddy. Bring us back, Helen Reddy would, bring would, back. would, bring, would be perfect in that crowd. Did you see that crowd? That's eight degrees of Helen Reddy. <laughs> did you see that crowd? I mean, that was... I mean, that You've got is, a new game. Forget Kevin is, Bacon. I mean, that crowd, I mean, that was a that was. They a were nuts. Remember, what, remember that when they were jumping up, jumping and, down. up and down? Jacoby Ford, I have picked up in every fantasy league that I'm in. I'm all over him. How available is he now, do you think? Like, he was probably, what, like 94% available oh, he's, oh, he's, before he's, he's this available. Now 100% zero. available. Now zero. Zero. Yeah. 100% available. He's definitely the, the, the fantasy football darling of this week. But, and also the only guy to have scored a touchdown this year. Uh, no, that's not true, uh, Tebow. I'm, I'm, I, you can. I've been simulcast running 40s against these people. That's right. Jacoby Ford, fastest at the combine. Yes. Rich Eyes and slowest at yes. the combine. It's it is game. about me on this podcast, Kara. I already know. You what have you're a thinking. podcast. But how about the Raiders, real quick? How about the Raiders? Well, the, 
They have coming a chance, off man. That, coming we off that, we really, have to fill up, fill up coming back off in the that, mix with the Chargers, no question. Coming off that, that really bad call, what are the Raiders in the past two? Fold. Fold like El a Foldo. tent. El Foldo. Mm. They manned up. They made plays. Ford made plays. Eight was throwing the ball over the place. Defensively, they were playing Richard all right. Seymour, and remember, there's no Osimor. Yeah, there's wow. no the best quarterback. They had, they had no. They had no Zach uh, Miller either. They right. Have their their tight best end, quarter is out. The last two games. They're playing, and they're man. playing good football. They're playing good football, and they are and, on a bye, and they're in the mix. They're only a half game out of first place. Yeah. Philip, though, Philip's now a game and a half out of first no. place with the Chargers. It's, the AFC West is is flat out up for grabs. Yeah. So is the AFC South. Everybody's yeah. within one game of yeah, each other now. Two of them play each other. This okay, week. and and uh, uh, the yeah. NFC, the NFC, NFC North, South. the AFC North has two teams at six and two. Mm-hmm. And the Jets are one game in front of them. I mean, the AFC is as is, is exciting as it gets. And let's talk about one other team we're going to be talking about coming into next week. Who, I've never asked this question of you before, Worm. Yes. Uh, who did the St. Louis Rams play this week? Who did they, they play this week? They play the San Francisco 49ers. Let me tell you something. They win that game. They win that game. They're in first place. Yeah. No the St. Louis Rams have a chance to win this division. Now, we'll see. This is where it gets... We'll see about the 49ers now. Now they got that win. I've been getting some reports from inside that locker room about how unbelievably dysfunctional they are. Players fighting in the locker room. It's bad. It comes from the top. It's bad. It comes from the top. And I'm not talking about the coach. Really? I'm not talking about the coach. Kara Henderson. I'm not talking about the coach. It comes from the the top top there. It does. Uh, careful. Top, top. Careful. We're not just talking does. about management here, Warren. Careful. I know, but it just does. It's okay. You just say all this stuff willy-nilly and don't listen to the segment. I'll be the one left holding the bag. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> all right, I'm they're going right. to think Rich said it, and then That's it's right. going to be... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Full circle, Kara Henderson, everybody. Okay, I'm let's get your promo. Warren. Let's get your promo in, because this, this podcast, we can't have it too. All right, Tuesday. Does, oh, what? 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 oh, I keep dude, doing it. I do it every dude, week. Dude, I don't have headphones. I do not have pizza, and I don't have headphones. All right. Mike Ditka, set it up, please. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. He doesn't know the games. What are the games? He doesn't know the games. Okay. What are the games on NFL Replay this week? Uh, 8 o'clock on Tuesday. Desert mm-hmm. Renvied v. Horn Norseman. Desert uh, Cardinals uh, Vikings. 915 Native American Fossil v. v. Eyepatch. Chiefs Raiders. I like it. <laughs> Wednesday, okay. 8 o'clock, Hoosier Equine versus Angry Bird. Uh, Colts against the Eagles. Angry Bird, I like that one. And the nine fifteen is Pirate Ship versus uh, Dirty Bird. Pirate Ship versus Dirty Bird, which means Bucks and Falcons. That's Bucks and Falcons, which means we're going through an NFL replay this week without Gus Johnson. Is that a first for the twenty ten season? The, he almost made it too. The Jets. How did the Jets? Jets it lines? was a pretty bad game. Was it? Yeah, it was All right. Thanks, Worm. We appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. Jason Wormser and Kara Henderson. Where do you go this week? Other than th- what, Thursday Night Football, you're on NFL.com's coverage, correct? If Thursday I'm Night on .com's coverage. W- which is what? what coverage. Explain it real quick. I'll be a sideline reporter during the game, and then I'll be live. Which can be followed on NFL.com. NFL.com. Okay. We'll have insight during the game Great. on NFL.com, and then I'll also be somewhat live in the locker room after the game. We're careful <laughs> With that, okay. so it can get a little dicey okay. in there. Sure, I okay. understand that. So but, uh, you're as live as they say. I in the as, business. I'm as live, and, and then, then I'm going to the Vikings and the Bears. And I was just telling Worm after this weekend, I will have seen 20 NFL teams play in person. 
this season. That's pretty cool. How that about that? Cool. That's a good stat. I'm, I'm trying to get to 30. I don't I don't know if I'm going to nice see the Bills this year. if you can get it. Or the, or the, uh, or the Panthers. Yeah. Kara Henderson, appreciate it. We'll see you in Atlanta. Worm, we'll see you next week. See you. That's it. That's uh, the Worm and Kara Henderson split up over two segments. We'll see how that one sounds like. Worm, I'll let you know how it sounds. Okay, thank you. On the Rich Eisen <laughs> Podcast presented by Papa John's, which takes a break. And when we return, the one and only Bill Simmons will wow. join us. NFL Fantasy Live, your home for fantasy football. With a 90-minute live show every Sunday leading up to kickoff. With our interactive controls, you choose which segment to watch. That's finished through your average. Who is going to cover them? Get back to what made you good. Or go live as our fantasy experts help you set your lineup for the day. All those are interesting options. Get the last-minute edge over your competition. NFL Fantasy Live, Sundays at 1130, exclusively on NFL.com. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We've already gotten Philip Rivers on the phone. We chatted with Charles Barkley, and now it is my pleasure to have on the Rich Eisen Podcast somebody I've been trying to get on NFL Network since the network turned its lights on seven years ago, and now he is on NFL.com here on this podcast. One of the more popular figures in all of sports TV and the written word today. He is Bill Simmons of ESPN and ESPN.com and the voice of the BS Report, his own podcast, very popular on iTunes and on ESPN.com. Bill, thrilled to have you here on the program. That was a long intro, and it made me hungry for Papa John. Is that, that's what I do, is I, I make the intros as long as possible so people get uh, hungry and, and also thirsty, because I'm looking for, for a beverage sponsor as well. Wow, look at you. You've already figured out the podcast. Well, man. listen, I, I called. You were the first person who I called when I was thinking of doing a podcast mm. to find out what goes into it. And, and you told me how much you enjoyed it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it out. I'm going to get a world. And I'm loving it. I really it. enjoy it. It's, it's actually uh, usually my favorite three or four hours of the week. And it's the, fun. How long does it take you to write a column? <laughs> much, 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 much longer than Cause that. Because it's, it's ridiculous how many words you put down. Yeah, and actually, that's the final product, so you probably don't even... Is that right? You, you've yeah. actually cut out of some <laughs> yeah, of I do. It's amazing. I, I, I chisel. Yeah. I chisel the final product out of uh, into what you see. Unbelievable. Bill. Yeah. Like something, it depends on the research for it, because like last week I did a week nine power poll, which mm-hmm. I probably spent two and a half, three days on. And, you know, the way the Internet works now, you just you, you can't just throw stuff out, and you got to research every single thing you write. And I'm not saying that didn't you know, stand in the old days, but the difference now is that if you're wrong, you're going to get reamed on some message board right. for whatever team that you were... Do you uh, read message You don't read message boards, I do don't, you? but I, I like being... I don't want to leave any holes. I, if I'm going to write that, I don't know, that Gary Kubiak's a, a, a bad coach, and I just kind of throw that out, I'd rather have some evidence behind it or a, just have a cheap shot joke. Do you Either feel, way, I'm happy. Either way, you can move on and put your head down yeah. on the pillow. I, there you go. I like it. Do you think Gary Kubiak is a bad coach? Is that what you're saying right there? You just used him as an as an example and threw him under the bus as an example just there. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's been lost in the sea of the other bad coaches and that <laughs> we we haven't really yeah. he, there's so many different ways to go when you're having the bad coach conversation that guys like Gary Kubiak or John Fox who Every week that team gets killed now, and why isn't he ever in the coach well, conversation? Fox is not. Do uh, you think that's really Fox's fault, what's going on in The team's terrible. Who's, 
he isn't he picking the players? Or? Well, I think it's him and Marty Herney and 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 the owner. The owner's got something to do because uh, I thought for sure they should have pulled the trigger on McNabb. Mc, that should have been one hundred percent a spot for McNabb to be acquired. He you know, stuck with Jake about two years longer than I think any anybody felt like he should, and that was kind of yeah, his downfall. That's now true. The only thing is they're rebuilding, but yet they're doing they're also doing the thing where they're trading. This thing that only Belichick's onto, mm-hmm. where you trade your, you know, your the third pick in the third round of the current draft, and you get the team's second round pick the next year, and that right. pick ends it. So now, you know, the Carolina got in that hole a couple times, and uh, I don't know what their game plan is. I, I wrote last week. I thought they were by far the worst team in the league, and they were on pace to score less than 195 points, which had only happened like five times in 18 years. And hey, but three last week. But hey, they're going to be on Thursday night football, week 16 kickoff in Pittsburgh, <laughs> right here <laughs> on NFL Network. Network. You got a good one this week. Oh, great one this week. And, and you know, the other thing, most, I did, of our, I, most of our games are good, actually. They're, they're well, shaping up pretty well right now. The problem with the Thursday night games, I think, the last couple of years has been the, the actual game hasn't, it's usually not crisp. The teams seem a little beat up. Well, I'll tell you what, Peyton Manning looks crisp every year we have him on Thursday True. night. Every year. He True. couldn't be crisper. And that actually, but, those have been the best games, the games that he's been involved in. Well, you look at this week, you got Baltimore and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Atlanta played a really tough game that I thought was really exciting. I thought, and I still can't believe Tampa didn't win it. It just felt like they, it was going to be another Josh Freeman comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Baltimore, even though they, they handled business with Miami, that was you know, they still had to get up for that game, and it was a big game for them. And, and now they got to go to Atlanta four days later. It's a pretty tough place to go four days later. It's a tough one, especially since, you know, uh, Turner's healthy and those other guys are are, are playing very well on defense. Their defensive uh, players have, have been above and beyond I yeah. think, for Atlanta this year. But now yeah. It's funny, like, you think four weeks ago we were so on the AFC bandwagon. Oh, my God, every good team is in the AFC. Who are the good NFC teams? And now it's... Seems like it's flipped a little bit. Well, who are the good NFC teams other than the Giants? I mean, I think I'm... the Giants have a lot of momentum now. Uh, the Packers shut out the Jets two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Got to take them seriously. I think Atlanta at home, if they can get into a situation where they can have a round two game at home, I think that's going to be a really tough place to win. If mm-hmm. they can get the buy in round one and then the the home game in round two, that's uh, perfect for them. And I still, I still am sold on the Saints. I, I think they had. The Super Bowl hangover itis, obviously, the first six, seven weeks. And I thought they took care of business the last two weeks. And, you know, you, I, that's still the one team I don't want to play in the playoffs. The Saints. Yeah. That that quarterback-coach combination could be the best in the league behind, obviously, your your Patriots. I think the Patriots that have the best coach-quarterback combination in the league, hands down. Yeah, I mean, and you could even make the case the way Brady's played this year that, well, Brees hasn't been that great either, but um, – Brady's Brady's been an MVP candidate, I think. You don't think so? He's been an MVP candidate, but yet I've watched every play of every game. Right. In the first four games, he was really off. And to the point that I wrote this last week, we're even having the Bernard Pollard conversation in my circles. <laughs> the, Meaning what? That he's still he's still thinking about it, or, or well, no, just he's just not hasn't been the same. He, he's not the same guy. This is the guy that had a season that has just been lost in the. 18 and 1 Giants, you know, tell him a catch, all that stuff. People now have forgotten how incredible his 2007 season was and the numbers that he had. And he had a season that we, we will probably never see again. What was your take on the Moss trade? Were you um, shocked, stunned? I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't shocked, 
because he he had thrown up the goose egg in Miami, and I had been hearing rumblings from a, from my now. Yeah, what was that all? Talk to me about that because you you did you just put something out on Twitter that you thought was a direct message, and then that got I out. Did. What happened there? I wrote a whole column about it. it uh, no, I know that, but just for those who don't. Oh, um, you know, I got, I got, I was, <laughs> it was such a weird story. I was taping the E60 roundtable. E60 is a show that we have that's like our version of real sports. I had done a piece. I know that. By the way, my favorite part of the E60 open is yeah. is Shap coming out of the subway. I know. And I, I sold Shap right away. I'm like, that is such BS, man, because he doesn't take the subway. Indeed. No, there's no way. He's in a limo. No, actually, do you know Shap has uh, – I, I could throw him under the bus here, but you know, he's got press plates. You know what those are in New York City? Yeah, press plates means you could park in. He's like a diplomat. He could park wherever he wants. Unbelievable. I didn't realize how powerful the guy was. He, I made fun oh, of him man. in the column, and my, and, uh, my guest house blew up. <laughs> Actually, I'm not even kidding. Shap knows. Don't mess with Shap. Do not but, um, mess with Jeremy Shap. So I was at that E60 table, and you know, I got this text from somebody that I trust that this Moss thing was really, you know, was really probably going down, and we, he, I milked him for as much info as I could, and then in a, as I'm doing this, I'm filming these roundtable discussions, mm-hmm. and during the breaks, trying. And eventually, in my quest to uh, to learn more information, I, I tweeted something that was meant to be a direct message. And and, and it was just Moss Vikings, Moss lowercase, <laughs> and then Vikings. <laughs> That's it. And and the thing with Twitter, you know, this year on uh, Twitter, Twitter, there's no going back when that tweet goes up. No, there's no you can't you can't go back ten seconds, pull back. If you delete it, it's still on people's Twitter feeds. So yeah. I had about you know twenty five seconds of just panic and and i'm trying to play out all the different scenarios in my head can i get rid of this right now nobody will know and and uh do i just leave it up and then i'm thinking like well what if the trade goes through people will think i'm trying to you know i'm poking my nose at the espn twitter policy it was it was a nightmare and then it ended up being right he was getting traded whatever you do don't poke your nose at the espn twitter policy you don't poking noses is not good when espn's about well i'll tell you what man you are officially off the reservation in this conversation and 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 you know there's got to be some Bristol folks listening to this conversation. Oh, I, I'm just for I that fact alone. ESPN. I love ESPN. <laughs> we all do. I mean, come the on. Greatest. I had seven great years there, but yeah. I, I'm just I, I'm I'm going to say hello to Walsh and Norby right now. Yeah, can I, can I do that? They're the greatest. I'm John. I love them. <laughs> we all do. We all do. John Walsh came to my wedding. Now listen, Walsh. Walsh has been your rabbi since day one, right? I mean, John oh, Walsh. I like that. Exactly. Rabbi. Oh That's yeah. A good one for him. yeah. I, rabbi Walsh. I don't know if there. He might be the only one ever called Rabbi Walsh, but I mean, John. I know John Walsh. Uh, the uh, I don't even know what his title is at ESPN, executive editor, or he's the grand poobah there. I mean, he created Sports Center for crying out loud. I actually, I have the title for him. That's what, what is I it? call him, the conciliary. He's the conciliary. That's what he is now. Well, so if you ever need to go to the mattresses, he's your, he's got your back pretty much. Whether you need to go to the mattresses or not, he's the conciliator. And and because again, uh, you, you, he he did he, I, I know because I, I know I met you years ago. Probably yeah. what was it ninety eight when I met you or so ninety seven. Yeah, because my buddy ESPN, Gus, Gus Ramsey was, was producing Sports Center, and he was actually we was talking, we were talking all the time. He was always telling me his fan stories and. And anytime he had a new guy on, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be peppering him with questions. Because at that time, there weren't nearly as many channels as there are now. The Internet wasn't nearly as interesting as it was now, as it is now. And if, the, if there were new sports center anchors, it was, a, it was a really big deal. Right. 
you had this whole who are you phase, do I like you, do, you, do I approve of you yet? And what did you go through with me in 96? Well, I remember I, I liked you because you, you, you know, you were on the heels of the Kilbourne phenomenon. Yes. Because Kilbourne at that point, it was, you know, he just owned those 2 a.m. shows. Yeah. Or I got, it was a 2 a.m., right? Yeah, there's 2 a.m. It was 2.30 before I joined it, and then they moved it to 2 o'clock, made it an hour. And I did about five shows with Kilborn before he left for The Daily Show. Right. So it was almost, it wasn't totally fair to you, but he was leaving and you were right. kind of coming in and now you were the funny guy who had all the references that right. I got. <laughs> but you were different enough from him that it, that it stood out. So anyway, I was peppering him with questions about you and he's mm -hmm. always like, oh no, he's, this guy's good. He's, you know, this guy has the goods. So. Okay, good. I'm glad Gus had my back from Joe Yeah, Street. he did. He had your back. And then you came in and I remember you wrote a whole column about your experience going to Watch Sports Center behind the scenes. I did. That was uh, June 1997. Yeah. I had this website that I'd started for, I think it had been up for like five weeks. Is that a and, digital city? Is that when you were writing? Yeah. <laughs> and you could only read it if you had an AOL account. <laughs> that would not be a good game plan in 2010. Not so much. Not so, so much. It, when I wrote stuff, they would get forwarded, the columns, mm -hmm. and or you read it on AOL. So anyway, I did the running diary of that ESPN, and I think... The joke that everybody loved was it was done in running diary format, and one of the jokes was how I couldn't believe nobody had told me that Charlie Steiner was just a torso, <laughs> was just a head and a torso. And I really I didn't even say I was kidding. And then I was getting emails from from these idiots in 1997, like, "Is he really a torso? Is that true?" <laughs> like the Captain Pike of Sports Center. Right, uh, and that one went that one went over big in Bristol, I think. That joke. and he liked it too. He thought it was funny. Yeah. That was, I mean, that 97, that was a heyday for sure. I mean, uh, unbelievable. I mean, Robin Roberts was doing Sunday morning. Now she's doing every morning on Good well, Morning Well, you know America. what's funny about that that particular day when I started, ESPN News, or when I did that diary, mm -hmm. ESPN News had just started. Just started. And it had that fishbowl window, and anybody could walk by it. Anybody. And you it could was do like anything. this revolutionary idea of we're going to do TV, and then you're going to be able to see the people <laughs> behind the people doing the TV. Right. And that was a big, uh, big joke in the column. Like, I'm going to go walk by the fishbowl window again. Because it was like, hey, hey, I'm on TV every time I walk by it. I think I was the last hire that went directly to Sports Center from in the door directly to Sports Center. Oh, I just jumped to the major. I like think Strasburg. It, it was straight. <laughs> right. Exactly. Thankfully, I didn't have to hit the DL or need right. Tommy John or anything like that. But I think I was the last one because I think Greenberg came in right after me and he had to go on news. You, know, you have to go on news, and then you play your way into the rotation now. But yeah, you have I, to I do was, the double-A. Double-A, uh, get a couple starts down there, <laughs> maybe move up to triple-A. Got to prove your worth. You got to yeah. prove your worth. Because and, and, uh, they also have options on you, too. You know, I mean, they could send you down, come back up. So then, well, you were always interesting because you had, you had that weird stand-up comedy monkey wrench. Yes. Which became do. a hook anytime somebody did a story for you. And it was like, for all I know, you did stand-up comedy once. At no. Like no. Mic night, but you played it up. Yeah. No, I did it. I did it for three years. Three yeah. years, man. Three years. And it makes the, anything I've ever done easier. Because the character it. builder. It makes it a lot easier when you're trying to talk to the gigantic guys in the studio every day. But you also sure you get mad at them. You've met more comics than, than anyone probably I know and are friends yeah. with them. They're crazy people. Absolutely crazy people. Most they're, cra they're crazy, and they're also like they're this great mix of of uh, a, a ton of confidence and super low self esteem. Oh gosh! And a great sense of humor about themselves, but at the same time, they're constantly doubting. Like anytime I've had it, you have you've had comedians on your podcast, right? Yes. Uh huh. Sure. 
I mean, anytime I've had one on, it turns into like, you know, a therapy session. <laughs> and eventually I just become Dr. Simmons and I'm doing, I'm doing therapy for them. Have you had Jeff Ross on? I had, and, and that was probably one of the five best podcasts I ever did. He, it was like best. an hour and 15 minutes long, and uh, he told this 25-minute story about this falling out he had with my friend Sal, who was his friend, that Tom Cruise ended up mending. I'm not kidding. It was a 25-minute story, and it was one of the five highlights in the history of my podcast. We had him on, uh, on Total Access a couple years ago because he's doing Dancing with the Stars. I mean, he knows nothing about football. If he, if he knew oh, he even, nothing about sports. If he knew 2% about football, I would have him on every single week. Yeah. Jeffrey Ross. Well, I was at a Clipper game last week, and he came. Was he there? And he sat behind. He, he was sitting across, but he came and he sat behind me. It's right. so funny to see him at a basketball game because he doesn't even, like, he, he knows that it's good to have a higher score than the other team, mm. and that's about where it ends. <laughs> so and he, he needs knows, help like, with Clipper, the math. Yeah, Clipper's up eight. This is good, and that's it. Yeah. Where do you watch your your games? Are you part of the Kimmel crowd? Are you at Kimmel's house? Do you uh, do Kimmel, dump, Kimmel dumped in it. You didn't hear about this? No. Kimmel dumped everybody. What do you mean? He just dumped everybody. We're out. We had to go find a new place. He what, didn't want us anymore. What? What do you mean? What happened? He didn't want us anymore. Because I, I thought he had we the had whole Sunday. He had the whole Sunday afternoon. The Sunday. Nah. The whole thing at his house with the tap and everything. Ditched us. What it's happened? Over. It's over. Can you not go into it, or do you not he's want to? Mo- go? He moved on. He's he moved on. No, he just—he'd he'd been having people for ten years, and you know, every Sunday, just a ton of people in his house walking around and having it. And he, you know, he's Italian, so he always feels like he has to cook anybody. I think he just got worn out, but I, I think he's going to come back. It, it reminds me of—you hear these stories about like the the guy going through a midlife crisis mm-hmm. who leaves the wife temporarily, buys like a sports car, and then a year later he's back in the house. That's going to be him with us. <laughs> He, 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 he can't quit you guys. He can't, he can't quit, quit us. And I think he misses us because he actually, like in week three, mm-hmm. he uh, or week three, week four, actually demanded to have football. And we all came over and he made pizzas. And I, I, I could tell in his eyes he missed us. But, He's yeah, we're at a bar. And I'm at the bar sometimes. The thing about the schedule this year, though, and I, you know, because I had the four TV set up in, in my office, uh-huh. they, for some reason the NFL has stacked the early games. So. What do you mean? Well, it's always like there's eight early games and then yeah. three late games. It's always been that way. No, yeah. it wasn't always that way. They always used to have like four or five late games. And now it's like there's so many. And well, we're in the bye week. Inter- we're in the bye weeks right now. That's why. But even so, with, with the combo of that and the fact that the AFC is just deeper and better than the NFC, it seems like, you know, the great games are all early. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and if I'm at that bar, I don't feel like I feel like I'm missing everything. Like even last week, like we had that Jets Lions game was going down to the wire. Right. Cardinals Vikings was going down the wire. I know. Camp Atlanta, time. and it was like I didn't know even what to concentrate on. So if, if I'm home, I concentrate better. And so. it's my job, actually. You should. I, I've invited you so many times, but I'll do it again. Uh, you should uh, again. There's no alcohol here. Uh, the on war the set, room. But I don't think you require. You know, I don't think. You require that. That that is a must. That you must have a beer or something like I that. I don't. I actually don't drink there on Sundays. So there, there I'm trying go. to stoke everything in. There you go. So you should come, hang out here. We watch all. We watch all nine or ten at once. I do cocaine though. Is that bad? That is definitely something we'll have to talk about. Damn. No, I. But maybe I, I offline. Maybe offline. We'll talk about that. Uh, I try to stay sober, and I try not to eat too much because I find like if I if it's a I, killer, it's a killer. You can't. Well, do you that. just get your brain dead. You're in a coma. But we have catering here, and it's proper catering, and and you can come here. 
Uh, we watch all nine games at once. It is my job, however, to put the remote control. I'm in charge of the remote, which looks like something out of uh, out of the bridge on Star Trek. It's it's an odd looking sort of iPad device, mm. touch screen and everything. And and only the center screen uh, gets the sound. So it's my job Ooh. to put. It's my job to keep things going. If anybody's in the red zone, I feel like Scott Hansen, but with with my own remote <laughs> control, and and without the Red Bull. And so I, I'm I, I'm in charge, but we're watching them all at once, and you could soak it all in. I'm telling you, this is a great spot for you. You know, when you have the multiple TV things, the the setup, it is really funny. Like what gets assigned the main TV how much bitterness there can be, especially in our group of friends. Like the Dolphins fan didn't show up in time, and the mm-hmm. Patriots fans got the game on the main TV. He's bitter about it. And there's all these little different dynamics about, you know, is it fair? Was that the really the best game we could put on? And then also, when do you turn it off? Because, like, on Sunday we had Pats Cleveland, and that game could have gone off at, you know, halfway through the third quarter. Right. We could have switched Lights it. Out. But, yeah, the five Patriot fans who don't, who don't want to give up on the on the comatose body. No, no, no. One more, one more series. We got Brady. He's going to come back. And and then finally Peyton Hillis and and Sal is just like we're turning it. Yeah. See that we don't have that. We we we've got a couple of Giant fans. We don't have the Patriot fans, but we do have we do have too many too many uh, cooks to serve. So we can't we can't really go with the heart. We've got to go with the gut and and go with the games that matter. Well, why wouldn't screen. you just shouldn't Gus Johnson just be the audio every I week? Agree. Like you can't lose. Yeah. By the way, he is a magnet for overtime games. I, I, I've been writing that the last couple of weeks. The law of Gus Johnson. I actually factor it into my picks now. <laughs> I go and I see who he's announcing. <laughs> like I saw Lions plus four. With oh, we're, we're not allowed to talk point spreads. That's okay. Well, I pick in my column. I pick I pick every game with with something that's called a point spread. Which I'm, I'm confused by these terms. I know you don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, no, but no. But so when I see that Gus is doing a game that has a home underdog or something, like, oh, Gus Johnson, law of Gus, here it comes. The law of Gus. Yeah, he's got it. Bill, I love chatting with you. I hope we can My do pleasure. this. I hope we can do this again. I enjoy the home and home uh, on your podcast and here, too. Uh, I look forward to the next time. It was fun. It's like when the NFC South has a home and home. Is that what it is? Who does that make either one of us? Are I don't know. I think I'm, I'm pro- I'd like to be Tampa Bay if I could in this Please. analogy because I like Josh Freeman. And you look great in pewter. Thank I would you. agree with Appreciate that. Appreciate it. You Talk got, to you soon. Bill, thanks again, man. All right. That's Bill Simmons of ESPN.com. You can listen to his podcast as well, The BS Report on ESPN.com, one of the more popular guys uh, of, uh, in, in our business that people want to hear his thoughts and soak it in. His, uh, his columns are, are stuff of legend now, and, um, and I've known Bill for years, as you just heard, so I'm thrilled to have him on the podcast. I couldn't have been... More pleased to have Charles Barkley phone in. I think he's going to become a regular. I'm going to try and try and work that for you, just to hear uh, just to hear Chuck give you his two cents on the NFL. And then there's uh, Philip Rivers who who joined this podcast as well. I want to th- I want to thank uh, Sarah who was without uh, Del Tufo today on the other side of the glass, making this all sound and sing great. Matt, Matt Lathrop, my my producer, uh, and uh, Drew Olmeyer had a lot of trains leaving the station and wanted to make them run on time today. And uh, he did a super job making that happen. I want to thank uh, The Worm and Kara Henderson for also appearing here. You can see me next Thursday night in Atlanta. The Ravens and the Falcons, the first of eight Thursday night football games here on NFL Network, where your season starts right here. Uh, and that will uh, preclude me from having a late week podcast for a while. Never say never, but uh, I'm going to be on the road late week. 
So uh, it'll be just one and done for the time being on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's, which signs off right now.